daily basis, I think that we will not live in his power. Our relationships won't be what they're supposed to be. The work we do will not be invigorated with his power. Uh, Everything um, hinges on are we seeking God and submitting to him on a daily basis. So this is very important stuff. And we'll get through the review, but um, I'd like to open up in prayer. Anybody want to pray for us as we open up? Takers, Shane. Heavenly Father, we just pause and sit still before you, Lord, and we thank you uh, for being such a good God. Uh, We thank you for your grace in our lives. Uh, We thank you for your living word. Holy Spirit, um, fellowship of believers. Uh, we thank you for those that uh, minister by teaching the word uh, to us. We pray for Dr. Anderson, just uh, just fill him, give him wisdom. Uh, we thank you for those that are visiting. Uh, we pray today uh, that you would meet them uh, where they are at in their lives. Uh, you be real to them, move in their hearts, draw them near to you way you can. Uh, We just pray for our families and our relationships and our children and uh, and just pray that uh, today we would not just be hearers of the word but doers also and and go away uh, change this week as a result of what we hear today. We just um, praise you for that in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you. And yes, I was thinking that what changes prayed is that We have to be more than hearers. We have to come wanting to hear from God. And then it's, I mean, everything we say, I encourage you to go through the word yourself and let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. But we have to be doers of the word. We can't just hear it. We can't soak in messages. Oh, it's a good message and go home and stay in the same pattern. The Christian life is not passive. We are actively pursuing God. If you're not actively pursuing God, I would say you're missing out on the most important part of life, is pursuing Christ, the, this relationship with Him. So really challenge yourself. You know, Am I seeking God? Has it changed over the last, whatever, 16, 20 weeks we've been going over this? Do I want the Lord more? And that's you know my prayer for the, for you guys. The light is always continue to give them the desire and the discipline to get before you. So we're going to go over these and, and again analyze your heart and let the Spirit grab hold of your heart and say, yeah, I may be not seeking God because of one of these issues, and then don't just agree with it. You got to act on it. You got to, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, make the changes. So we went through. <clears throat> You know, we talked about why we don't seek God, or why we do seek God, how we should seek God, the rewards of seeking God, which are innumerable. But now we're into why wouldn't we? If we know such good things come from seeking God, why wouldn't we? And we talked about if we're not saved, right? You don't have a desire. There's no desire to seek God if you're not one of his children. But moving beyond that, to we talked about the story of Mary and Martha. And I think most of us, at least I fall into this one. Our schedules have gotten so busy. Children running here and there. Um, and we're just so busy that we don't have time to seek the Lord. So if you remember, if you could turn to Luke 10. 
Well, we'll go through these very quick, the review, but I want the Holy Spirit to be able to grab hold of some point and make it pertinent to your heart. <coughs> so Luke 10, <coughs> 38 through 42, great little story here of Jesus and his disciples coming to the home of Mary and Martha. Anybody want to read that? Yes, Jerry. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Okay, short little couple paragraphs packed with so much truth if we're too busy. Who was too busy in the story? Martha. Martha. Okay, so what is the cure? How can Not that Martha did wrong, but she didn't choose what was best. So how can we choose what's best in life? We're doing all these things, and they may be good, maybe even serving the Lord, but we may be missing out on what's best, right? Martha was serving the Lord, but Jesus told her, hey, Mary's chosen what's best. Sometimes we get too busy doing the Lord's work, and we're missing out on what's best. So we, we talked about a few key points here. Opening your heart versus giving him your heart. Okay, Martha opened her home right opened her heart hey come in but did she really give him her heart it's the first step a cure for being too busy who has your heart you may have opened your heart for Jesus but it's very different than giving him your heart would you agree mm -hmm. <clears throat> what's the difference so if you look into your own life saying yeah I want Jesus of course I do just like Martha come come in What's the transition? What's the difference? Was Martha still in charge a little bit? Hey, Jesus, tell Mary to help me. So it's who's in charge of your life. Are you giving him your heart, right? So one says, I'm in charge, just bless what I do. And I see this as a common fault amongst Christians. We determine our steps and say, God, bless this. I want to do this, God, you bless this. Instead of saying, God, here's my heart, whatever pleases you pleases me. Do with me as you please. There's a difference in how you're handling, opening your heart versus giving him your heart. Lord, I love you. I will go wherever you want me to go. Do whatever you want me to do. I'm all yours. Rather than saying, hey, Jesus, yeah, come in, but help me with this. Do this for me, for me, for me. So cure for being too busy. Have you just opened your heart or have you given, given him your heart? I said, if you're still holding on to part of your life, yourself, you're not fully surrendered. You'll be too busy trying to satisfy self. That's where the, the transition is. It can even be masked, I said, by good deeds, Christian service, taking care of the kids, doing the whole routine has to be done. But Christ has to have your heart. Number two, we ask this question. Who was distracted in the story? What does it say? But Martha was distracted, right? But was she? Martha probably didn't she think she was distracted. Mary was the one distracted. Come on, get up, let's go. We gotta get the preparations done. You're distracted by Jesus. 
So the question is, what's the big picture of your life? What's the goal? Martha's goal was to get the work done. Mary's goal was Jesus and knowing him. So what is we had I think we had you write down on cards, what is the primary purpose or goal or focus of your life? You really had to answer that question, honestly. What's my primary purpose? What's the goal, my focus of my life? You know, you have to really answer that, and it'll give you the compass of where you're going in life. If it's not Jesus, we will be easily distracted by the demands of this world. So what should our primary focus be? Jesus. Jesus. And what about him? Jesus is the, the, the answer for everything. You guys are just like the, what was it, seventh or sixth grade we taught they, they learn. Do they just shout it out? Jesus. <laughs> but it's true. But what about Jesus? What does he want from us? What is for he, us? Knowing him. Knowing him. Right. What does he want from us? What does he I want? I think but also we can consider his ways. And the scriptures tell us to consider his ways. Mm-hmm. So in every trial and every situation, we can consider... The WWJD, what would Jesus do? And and examine the scriptures as to what he literally would do. Right. So if we look at the primary focus is Jesus, developing this intimate relationship with him, knowing him and loving him, we won't be too busy for him. It's that simple. That's my primary purpose, my goal. I'm going to get to know him. And we know him. I want to say only, but through his word, through his word. predominantly. Right. I'm in this Facebook challenge um, of ladies. There's like thousands of ladies, but we're reading the New Testament this summer. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times people get on there and discuss, and we're just in Luke, and Jesus is walking around, and a lot of times he says things that somebody was like, how come Jesus sounds rude all the time? And mm-hmm. one of the moderators was like, we, it was funny, because she's like, we need, really need to consider where our source is coming from, mm-hmm. especially when we think Jesus isn't acting very Christ-like, <laughs> Christ-like, you know? Right, right, yeah, Jesus, isn't it interesting he never begged or pleaded? He just made a statement, and that was it. He didn't, he didn't try to, you know, cajole you into coming into his fold. He said, this is it, follow me. It's a statement. And that's what he's saying to all of us. Follow me. It's our choice. Um, Okay, so number three, moving on here. Seeking Jesus for who he is, not what he can do for you. So Martha went to Jesus, right, in this passage. I mean, can you believe that? Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. So Martha's heart went to Jesus for Jesus to do something for her which again we talked about that's the basic foundation of our relationship with Christ or the, or the entry level but it moves beyond that um, why was Mary going to Jesus to what did she spiritually. Right, to know him to love him to be with him exactly not to get something from him so if you're too busy for him, you may be seeking Jesus for, for what he can do for you, not who he is. Because when we're captured by God, this is God that we can have a relationship with and commune with and have fellowship with, it brings us back to him, not the things he can do for us. What happens is, and then when those things are done, 
no need to seek God. He answered my prayers, got everything fine. You move on to something else. So we need to be seeking Jesus for who he is. Um, how do we know? How do we know we're self-focused in our pursuit? Are you worried and upset about many things? That's what happened to Martha. Became worried and upset about many things is what Jesus said. You feel like you're doing the work alone in your own strength and energy. This becomes a lifestyle. You're on this treadmill and you can't get off. You're working harder and harder to obtain these perceived needs and the anxiety, so these anxieties and worries go away. So remember, we're seeking Jesus for who he is, not necessarily what he does for us. Not that that's not part of it, but we move beyond that. Um, number four, what was the one thing Jesus said? Only one thing is needed. You guys believe that? What's the answer? James, only one thing is needed. What's the answer? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's right. Only one thing is needed, um, and that was it's Jesus. So how do we balance that? This is the tough part. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really tough. I mean, I think of even some conversations we had last week where Lori was having some meltdowns about the organization of the kids' rooms, or you know, in, in that moment, <clears throat> you get so spun up and worried and anxious about. You know, having an organized house, having well-behaved kids, having a good church appearance, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. And, and um, so, yeah, in the context, you know, is, is this uh, is this kind of a, an isolated thing with Martha or is this something she, she regularly battled with? And I heard one guy talk about how she was trying to manipulate Jesus' authority. Like she went to Jesus, do you not care? Right, look, right. At, look at what Mary's doing, you know, right. and kind of trying to get, you know, trying to manipulate right. him. And he just, you know, kind of shut her down with that response. Mm. And I think in that moment when you're, you know, you're angry or worried or despaired, it's hard uh, to, because it's perceived. Mm -hmm. It's right. so much of the Christian life is perspective. Right. And it's so hard in that moment right. to really believe that, yeah, these are concerns and things, but it really, it shouldn't be overtaking me right. like it is. Shouldn't rob my joy or my peace. This reminds, this reminds me a little bit of, of, uh, Peter's confession, and then you know, and then and then Jesus tells him this is what the, the, the nature of the Messiah, and he's like, oh no no no, that's not going to happen. We we have this other conception of the Messiah, and you're going to fit into this other one, you know. And Jesus like Jesus like no, you know, get behind me, Satan. Well, it's the same. I see some parallels here where Martha has her own idea based on her cultural expectations about what her sister's going to be doing, mm -hmm. you know. And Jesus is like no, she's chosen what is better. You know, we're gonna, this is gonna play out. You know what I mean? Right. And and you know, I'm not gonna take it from her. You're right. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, right. You've chosen what is better, and there's something liberating and beautiful about that. You right. know, because people's expectations, my own right. expectations about relationships, especially in a family. Mm -hmm. You know, Shane was saying, right? What are my kids doing? You know, right? What am my wife doing? What am I? Doing? Okay, so I got a question for you. I was gonna have this as an icebreaker. <laughs> so. Put yourself in this scenario. You got two kids going off to camp, and they're staying um, in you know bunk beds, and you have to bring sheets. Okay, so you need a twin sheet. So you only have one set of twin sheets, but you have two kids going, so you need two sets. And you have plenty of full sheets. Do you go out and buy another set of twin sheets? For the other child, so they both have twin sheets, or do you say you can use the full sheets and just wrap them under? 
what are your responses? What what do you what do you do? I want to know. Send them both with sleeping bags. Forget the sheets. <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it. Alternative. To alternative. alternative. Yeah. What are you going to do with the sheets after the week when you've been on that bunk bed too? <laughs> Very good point. What What do you do? What if one can share a bed? <laughs> there's there's only two to a room and they're not sharing rooms. I'm a dancer. Well, if you get like a bunch of full size, send neither one with it, so you're not showing any kind oh. of favoritism. Just oh. you both get a full size one, you get tuck it under. Okay. My, my 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 perspective on that is, you know, how important is it really? I mean, it's it's vitally important to them, and a lot of times kids are. Well, if I don't have it, you know, if I don't have the right set of sheets, I'm just going to feel like weird, you know. Right. And then they get this whole thing, and and so you know, how important is it? I mean, if if it's feed my children or buy a set of sheets, well, I'm going to feed my children. But if it's, you know, right. if they're if you can buy them for twenty bucks, well, you know, it's a small Good price point. to pay. Right. So very different answers. Anybody my else? Is how are they sleeping at home? You know, like, so if you're sending them with only one twin. Does does one have a twin at home and one has a full at home? I would say just send them with their own sheets. They um, no no twins no twins at home, so but one has gone to home. one has gone to camp before, so we did purchase. So if it takes more than he's trying than to solve our family. What's up with that? Just open the door. Especially if you're going to throw them away because they went to Grace Bible Camp. Goodwill has sheets for a dollar. Huge bin when you walk in, it's super cool. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're sleeping on Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take over an hour to decide, just spend the money because your time's worth more than that. Well, I would say that, you know, if it was a special event for that first child when they went to camp and they got a new set of sheets, then for the second child it should be a special event for them as well and they yeah. should get a new set of sheets. Right. Yeah. Just send oh, one yeah. kid to camp. Well, just send one kid to camp. <laughs> All very good answers and very valid answers. But sort of getting back to maybe Shane's point or what what are we teaching our children? What am I teaching my children? I, I, don't, I don't know the answer. I'm a, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeking the Lord. This is a small matter, but you know, all these life opportunities, we're teaching our children something subtly. And a lot of different factors. You guys all pulled in all these factors and were thinking, what's the right thing to do here? Um, so I think it depends on the kid and how much the kid cares probably but um, am I teaching them the right lesson by saying oh you're worried about what so and so is going to think so I'll buy this so you don't have to worry and you look fine is that good or bad I don't know I'm just saying is that is that is or am I leading them down a path that says this world the things of this world are very important and you need to fit into that so you'll be accepted by others. I think it's going to depend on what your child specifically struggles with. Mm -hmm. If their issue is fitting in with everybody else, mm -hmm. then that's the problem you need to address. If it's more of a pragmatic issue, then maybe the twin sheet's not really the issue. Mm -hmm. Right. 
So that's that's the route that I took, mm. but it may not be the route that. <laughs> I think I'm backing off of what Crawford was saying too. It's it's, it's hard because our kids have these real it's perception, right? And it's so hard as adults when we're you know we got like real life stresses, right? You know, yeah. Actually, actually perceived, but you know, so it's so hard at this phase to step down into that kid because I remember you know when we were that age we had those crazy right like this is huge so important right. And, and I just wonder, you know, am I, you know, and the Bible says not to exasperate your kids or whatever, but, you know, so there's that fine line of do I show care and concern for their feelings? Right. Uh, and, and um, you know, and I understand, you know, teaching the truths along the way. Right. Or do I always shut them down? Right. And cut them off? Right. Or, uh, and, um, and, and I struggle with that because, you know, my daughter, she's, 11 turning 12 and mm-hmm. she's starting to you know have all these crazy perceptions about there's other things in life i always bring up the starving kids but at some point i'm gonna have to stop and meet her face to face or she's gonna realize i'm not a safe person to go to right and i'm i don't really care about her feelings you know right and so that's the hard thing because right. I see what you're saying. Is is serious? You're going to make this deal about the sheep, right? And but, what am I teaching you by saying, "Oh, you're worried about other people think"? So but on the flip side, you can be a safe place for that concern to come right. to, mm-hmm. and that's where you want to be when they get older, right? And that stuff. Yeah, it's very from tough. a paradigm shift. You're talking about your kids and how their worries are really not a big issue. But then you look at Christ looking at you worrying, and that's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Easy Mark. answer, Jesus. <laughs> but, well, here's the thing is, bring it to the kids. Yeah. What do you think Jesus would want in this situation? Mm-hmm. And then you'll get to see like what you were saying. What? So well, then it puts it on the kid to sit back and say, "Oh dear, you know what truly is important." at mm-hmm. that point. That is a good time for them to start figuring right. it out. And I mean, you know, as parents we can still kind of help to right. push this over into the lane where we're like, well, are you sure that's what Jesus would think? Mm-hmm. Jesus would want me to buy, you know, 1,200 count of Egyptian cotton. For- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. That's what you do with the starving kids. And- right. But, uh, Right, Jerry. Yeah, I think I think uh, like you were saying. I think you have to gauge where your kid's heart is on those things. Mm-hmm. But then I think of where was it Jesus who said like, "What father, if his kid asks for a fish, will give him a snake?" Kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah. that that we're a reflection of the heavenly Father right. who gives good things, and so we can give good things to our kids, explain that to them that that's that's why. Mm-hmm. Do they have an allowance? <laughs> can they buy the sheep? If you ask them like buy it yourself, you can that You spend your own money. Just buy the sheets, man. Buy the so, sheets. so, so. <laughs> 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 Jesus is which is which is actually um, not saying what I was about to say was profound but just we as parents have to make sure we're not buying the sheets for ourselves so like if we want our kids to do without because Christ would want them to do without or it's not important we have to make sure we're not out buying every need that we want and that, that's another challenge and I really appreciate what Alicia said we do you know you have multiple children you've got you should be cautious of that and I feel like I'm not always attentive to that but 
it's important to remember what was done for the other child and and then maybe just so you can maybe you don't have to replicate every experience but just have a conversation like we did that last time we're not in a financial position to do that this time you know or we just happened to buy those that time we didn't have any twin sheets I'm referring to right. the, the second third fourth and fifth child getting the same experience now you have five pair of twin sheets you don't need a lot comes down to just communication with the, the kid and Right. And, uh, not just a, like, like Sam was saying, a, not just a hammering, no, 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 mm -hmm. but a, a, an open back and forth dialogue so the kid knows where you're coming from, uh, you know, where they're coming from. And like you had said, you know, keeping, we're, we're, we're talking about bringing it all together is keeping Jesus at the center of it because we're getting to know Jesus and like, as right. long as the kid is understanding that and becoming a part of it as well, where they're not following the faith because it's our faith, but it's starting to become their faith right. as well. Right, and I think that's sort of what we as parents have to be aware of. If we're walking with Jesus, he'll give us insight into our ch children's heart and it'll fill us with love for them. But we have to know where our children are at and that God will give us the divine wisdom to know how to treat children a this way be this way but in a loving fashion where we're all communicating and um, letting them buy into it they are transitioning into making their own decisions it's very important um, the little things that we can just blow off and say this isn't a big deal just buy the sheets I know we, we're not paralyzed over every decision but that's sort of how we felt, I'll just buy the sheets, forget it. I don't want to go through her tantrums. Why did she get it? Why don't I get it? Da, 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 da. But there was a check in my spirit saying, you know what? This child is too concerned about what other people think. Yeah. And she needs to know that wrapping the sheets underneath is not a big deal. And, you know, fortunately we live in, in a society where people have a lot, and we'll, we can just go buy a pair of twin sheets, but... Or borrow, it'd probably be better. Send yeah. her with some safety pins yeah. underneath, yeah. so they won't be moving all around. Right. But I just want to say how applicable this conversation is because I'm sending three kids to camp in two weeks and we haven't shopped yet. So yeah. Like make sure we all have. Right. Because I don't want to communicate. I don't want to communicate to my children that if if there's a need, they just go out and buy it and it's done with. Because eventually you're going to yes. run out of money. You know. Yes. And I want to. I want to. I want them to know that hey, am I using? The Lord's money wisely, and I can sacrifice for a little bit here on the twin sheet. It's not a big deal. You know, these principles were teaching them, but yet being sensitive to their heart, saying, hey, wait a minute, this is really a big deal to them, and, and it's a special occasion, and if that's the way I felt, because this one doesn't really want to go anyways, like, why am I doing this anyways, you know? So I didn't feel it was that big of a, of a special occasion, so... So we're going to have now four kids up here next week giving a report as to why they need sheets. They leave today. So. Yeah, they leave today. It's, it's over. Is it our life? No, it's, it's actually a volleyball camp at LA. Right. Oh, okay, okay. So anyways, I'm and sorry. And the organized kid parked the sheets in her suitcase like two weeks ago. <laughs> so. oh, She's yes, thinking so ahead, you know, knowing. But. I'm telling you, sleeping bags is the way to go. Yeah, really. <laughs>
But anyways, next week you can all submit um, your big, huge family issues, and we'll go over we'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gets to hear their own. Yeah. Uh, yep. You know, this important stuff. Like, she, go ahead. Well, no, I'm on your side. I mean, the kids can take those twin sheets when they go to college because they'll be using them in college. That's what I said. That's what she said. <laughs> and he's like, they're not going to use them in college. I'm like, why not? Teach them discipline by making their bed and shooting a picture to you every morning with the new sheets. That's right, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of spin-offs on it, but these we learn through these daily decisions. And if we're walking closely with the Lord, we'll know the big picture. We'll know what's important. And we'll know how to guide them. And Jesus will do that for us. So I'm sorry for getting off track, but I thought it was pertinent. Was that pertinent? Oh, very. I okay, think uh, it was interesting. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes you think, you know, all the things we're doing have ramifications. What was the paper Dr. Anderson? We came to a consensus. And, well, the, and I, the child. I don't want to overshare about this particular issue, but I know that we're anticipating like shopping and. You know, we are moving as a lot of expenses, and I just want to encourage the kids, my kids, and they're going to a different kind of camp, but just, like, take those desires that you had for things that you would have and, like, put it into those experiences that you should be having, you know? So that's what I hope to talk to my kids about because I know they're going to want special pens and stationery and mm-hmm. special things for their bath accessories and stuff, and mm-hmm. every year we add a kid, and I'm just like, you know... Right. There you're going to be doing dirt bikes and swimming and special food right. every single day and that's right. all and just focus on you that. Not what you have. Um, they are there. They have showers. Do you have anybody going? No, I don't think so. No, no, nothing. The so, the cure for being too busy is sort of what we said. Look at hey, have you given him your heart? What's the big picture of your life? What are you seeking him for? And making sure he's the one thing you need. And what are we communicating, again, to our children by doing this? But make sure we're choosing what's best. Jesus won't take it from us. Choose what's best. It's our choice. Again, he doesn't tell Martha, stop doing what you're doing, come sit down with me, I'm best. He just makes a flat-out statement, Mary's chosen what's best. Um, What does the story say about Jesus? He wants us, our hearts. He wants us. He doesn't beg. He doesn't plead. Yeah, he's not pushy with it. He's not pushy, but there's a constant, I want your heart, I want your heart, I want your heart. I won't leave you until you surrender and submit it. Then that's when your relationship with him takes off. Okay, we don't have much time left. Um, The second area we got into was from Hebrews. So that was Luke, the story of Mary Martha. Remember Hebrews 12, 1 through 4 primarily, and then 1 through, we finished through 12, but the, that's running this race. Mm-hmm. Remember running the race? Yes. And, and Carl's not here. To, right, right, exactly. So reasons why we don't seek Jesus, we get too busy, that's primarily. We talked about the cure for that, look at your life. And then maybe you're not too busy. Maybe you have all the time in the world, but when you sit down to try to seek God, there's, there's barriers, there's problems. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. Anybody want to read that? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hey, we got a runner here. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin. Okay, good. So in that, 1 through 4, we see the weights, these hindrances, the sin that entangles, and the trials that would cause us to grow weary and give up. So we talked about weights. Are weights necessarily sin? He's making a distinction here. What are the weights? I think in this case, like Carl's analogy of running a marathon, and a lot of people load up with way too much stuff, which actually causes more trials. So Mm -hmm. it's anything which is not needed to bring you closer to Christ. Very good. Anything else? I think um, a lot of the, not necessarily sins, but um, uh, 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 the legalistic culture. Mm Mm-hmm. Burdening yourself uh, with unnecessary rules and regulations. It's it's not necessarily something that is a sin, but they put on... Although it's weird because whenever you put something, okay, now you've come to Jesus, now you have to do this and this and this and this Mm -hmm. to follow all these rules, but is that what the Bible teaches or is that something that we have uh, put into and we we came up with our own rules? So exactly. What about Martha? She was worried and anxious about many things, right? right. Just it these... wasn't wrong what she was doing. Right. She's just worried and anxious, and it kept her from seeking Jesus. So there are these attitudes, these emotions, these rules and regulations we put on ourselves. Um, so it divides us. It distracts us. It changes our focus. Remember, our focus is on Jesus, not self, not man, not riches, not the world. Our focus has to be on Jesus. And we talked about what do we do with these cares and concerns? We know from Peter, we cast them, cast your cares upon Jesus. He cares for us. Matthew 11, be yoked, right? Yoking with, take his yoke upon us. That requires submission. Um, so there, we all, it comes back, back to a lot of submission, giving up your life, your right, your will. And again, that's a true disciple, right? It's going to be submitted, surrendered. Um, number three, I'm moving quickly here. We're not going to probably finish this, but number three, Hebrews or it tells us the sin that entangles and hinders our ability to run the race. So we talked about three consequences of sin. And again, I'll go through this quickly, but it divides and distracts sort of like the weights. It divides our heart and our mind and our devotion. Sin will divide our devotion, so we're not totally devoted to God. We're not totally fixed. Our thoughts aren't fixed on Christ. Our thought life will not be God-centered. So if you look at your thought life, is it God-centered or not? Or is something pulling you away? And then we become slaves to sin. Sin becomes our master. We talked about that through John and, and Matthew. And eventually sin will blind us. Sin will eventually blind us and harden us. Another aspect of sin in our seeking God is we come under conviction. So you seek the Lord, and and he puts his finger on, oh, this isn't right. We have this constant conviction, and we don't like it. And if we don't yield, we'll stop coming. We don't yield to his hand, um, pointing his finger at at that one area, um, we'll stop coming to him. The third is guilt. We're just overwhelmed. We've sinned, and we feel unworthy of his forgiveness and love, so we stop seeking. 
because we just have so much guilt. And we talked about false guilt versus godly guilt. Anybody remember that? False guilt versus godly guilt. So usually, I mean, I've been under this too. It's like, man, what, what did I do? I'm searching. I just feel guilty, you know. What, looking, looking. It's just generalized guilt. And then I realize it's the enemy's lies. Because when God, when God puts his finger and I'm guilty in front of God, it's specific. He says, this is the problem. Satan deals in this general, you just feel guilty. Because we know there's no condemnation, we're free. But when we commit a sin, yes, we're guilty, and God puts his hand on that, sort of like conviction. And we deal with it before the Lord, and obviously we know we're forgiven. So be careful about that, because that can really keep you from going to God, just this generalized guilt, or even if it's a specific guilt or conviction. But sin will eventually blind us and take us off course, right? Entangles us, so we can't even run the race. I can run the race with a bunch of weights. It's just not easy. I'm not going to get to where I need to go. But sin will actually trip us up and, and keep us from running the race. What do we do if we're enslaved by sin? A sin. Tell me this. I hear it all the time. I just can't stop. Or I just blah, blah, blah. I can't can't forgive, can't get past this, what do we do? Tell me, doctor. I'm the doctor, right? And I have to we get people help. Confess our sins, and God is faithful and just, right? Forgive to forgive us our sins. John Piper's got this and, little... Uh, and purify us. Yeah, he, he goes, I hear so many Christians whining about, you know, he's, and he's all, make war, you know, and <laughs> And, uh, and I think there's a, there's a truth to that. I mean, we really, you know, in the light of God's word, uh, mm-hmm. have to full-on do what it takes, you know, mm-hmm. in the power of the Spirit. You know, make war. And okay. There's a Christian rapper that kind of took it and made this song. <laughs> it's it's kind of cool, but you can look it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we take it seriously, yeah. right? Yeah. Sin will paralyze you, and sin will throw you off. And I've seen it happen in, in people I know and love where they slowly start drifting. And, it, and sin, then there's rationalization, then there's doubt, then there's, ah, I don't believe that. You know, I see the transition. I've seen it happen before. But if you're enslaved to sin, it's serious. It's serious. Because sin is, I equate it to a cancer. It doesn't stop. It just spreads and it tries to grab hold of everything um, in your life. And it, it, will, it will ruin the course of your life. I mean, we see it in, in the public all the time of Christians who've gone astray and it can happen to any of us. None of us are immune. But if we're enslaved to a sin, we have there's a there's a we have to know who we are in Christ. Why is that so important? Why is the truth of who I am so important if I'm gonna get over sin? Otherwise we're gonna self deceive ourselves into thinking that Either it's something we have to do to get forgiveness, uh, that we have to attain it, or that we have to achieve a certain level before God would then accept us and forgive us. Like we're putting conditions mm-hmm. on our salvation and our redemption. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anything else besides that, it muddies the water, which is which is what Satan really wants to do. He's a deceiver. Mm-hmm. Christ is pretty crystal clear about it in, in, in an encouraging way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, in Romans, you know, those that have repented and believed are buried with Christ in the likeness of his death and raised with Christ in the newness of his life. And so the reality is, spiritually, we're dead to sin. So how can a dead man sin? Right. And I heard this um, soldier, uh, he was leading like one of the first waves in Fallujah, and they were riding into the battle. And, um, and the idea was to go in there and to fight combat effectively they had to reckon themselves dead already. Right. They, they weren't planning on coming out. Mm -hmm. they, they, they just went in to mm -hmm. fight and to protect each other and went in. Mm -hmm. And I think we too, and that's what it says, reckon yourselves dead unto sin but right. alive unto Christ. Mm -hmm. and that's, the, that's the real truth. That's, right. so that's really, the truth. It doesn't even have dominion over us. Right. We let it. Exactly. We're not, we're not recognizing it. We, sin no longer has power over us. And the reason is, is because the very life of Jesus Christ is in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us. That very spirit. And that very spirit overcomes all sin. Right? So when we sin, we choose. I'm not, I'm not enslaved to it anymore. I choose to sin. I have power over sin because of Jesus living in me. Not my own power. It's Jesus living in me. So when we understand that we are forgiven, that we have been given a new life, that when I sin, it's not who I am. I'm choosing to step out who that I'm not. I'm putting on clothes that don't fit me when I sin. It's not me. We need to understand that position and our power over sin. That's who we are. I'm not just a victim, and I can't overcome this. Right? I can in my own flesh. We set our mind on the spirit not the flesh. That's where the battle is. It's in the mind. So we, we need to know the truth. That's part of what we're doing in the light is rechanging. What are we thinking about? Are we thinking the way Jesus thinks or not? So we know the truth of who we are in Christ. We're saved. That can't be changed. We're saints. That can't be changed. I may sin, but it doesn't change my position as a saint. And I have the power over sin through Christ who lives in me. Okay, so we know the truth of who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us, that very power. The second thing is difficult. Again, it goes to yielding and submission. You give up your rights, your desires. You say, by an act of my will, I lay down my will. I submit. That's the brokenness that we need. You yield all of yourself to Him. And you may need to do that repeatedly. And then... If you live by the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Right. And he goes on to list all those things. But Galatians 5.16 and then in Romans, which is part of what Shane was alluding to. Um, I circled all these things. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. What are we thinking? That's why seeking God is so important. When I seek God, I'm trying to think and see the world the way He sees it, see myself, see my relationships the way the Lord sees it. I'm setting my mind on Him. So it says, the mind set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit, what's the key? Have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. So where is your mind? Where is your thought life? You're yielding yourself, and then you're filling your mind with the truth. You're seeking Him. Shane says war. The battle is won on your knees with your face in this book because that changes your heart. All right? 
And you can get meetings and you can go to all kinds of things, but if your heart isn't submitted and your mind isn't in the Word of God, you haven't changed. You're just fighting in the flesh. But we have weapons that we fight with that aren't of the flesh, right? Of the Spirit. So it's where our minds are set. And it says, the mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. And then the sinful mind does not submit to God's law. So there's there we see the key. I, again, I don't want to go too, too long on this. Gina's packing up here. We've got to get going. But um, This is a problem that can hit us at any time of our life. And we all sin, but sin can take its stronghold. How do we get over it? This is how we do. You know who you are in Christ. You put your mind on that. You yield yourself to him. And then you seek him and get your mind set on the truth of who you are and um, the word of God. And it's amazing. You don't struggle and strain. The Holy Spirit just dominates you and takes control and frees you um, from those sins. All right, well, we'll end there. Um, we didn't get into the trials, but... Uh, Are you supposed to let about the Algeria thing? I'm moving to Algeria. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> are y'all really? No. She's moving, so I have to move with her. You are not moving to Algeria, but we are moving to Algeria. There, oh, all, yeah. all, the, all the renovations. Yeah, they're, the renovations they're are moving this, back so here, but it's not for It's an, not until August, so we'll let you know. Yeah. We'll let you know when it gets closer. Um, but are there any, any particular uh, prayer requests? We can, you know, that we got the journal that goes on Facebook. No, we're we're traveling to New Hampshire for the next two Sundays. Okay. So, All right. traveling mercies. And an answer to prayer is in the back room here. Maggie, wonderful. Had a 